There we go. You know, I did not meet Richard until last week. Uh, he was in New York having a great time showing his 10-year-old daughter the Big Apple. I was in New York shopping with my wife in the eternal struggle, trying to explain to her, honey, I'd like to make a lot of money, but we don't make near what you think we make. So anyhow, New York's a good place to find out. Uh, so we're going to talk about real estate. Uh, in complete transparency, when I talked to Richard, he mentioned, he said, is there anything that you'd like to pitch? I said, Richard, I don't ever pitch things from the stage. I just, that's just crass. He said, you don't understand. This is the family office club. It's a community. You're welcome to pitch. So we're going to get 13 minutes of instruction and two minutes of pitch. So let's talk about it. Uh, don't know about you guys. Remember March 2020? I was pheasant hunting in South Dakota with my wife. And all of a sudden, Trump came on TV and he closed the international border. And I'll be honest, folks, I had no idea what this was going to mean. And the next three months, I felt like uh, Dorothy. Had no idea where this was going to go. We battened down the hatches, stopped all the dividends, put the dog away, and waited to see what was going to happen. Now, luckily for us in real estate, what happened? Market went wild. I can't even explain it. Couldn't tell you. Thank God. But the reality is, in the last two years, I read a lot of stuff by the analysts and the bankers. I have no idea why when the Wall Street Journal wants to quote somebody, they call a college professor to ask them about the real estate business, right? I've got 200,000 agents out there. I started selling houses when I was at junior college as a sophomore. And I've got 50 years experience, like Richard said. So when I look at this market right now, yeah, it's different because we had a pandemic. And then again, it's not. The expected results that we're seeing right now, in fact, I told Richard this morning, I said, look, we're in a completely new stage. And it's got a name. And just so everybody knows, The new name for the stage is called, well, duh. And let me explain. Trend number one that we're seeing in real estate. Guess what? Profits are back. You know, Wall Street throws money at, I have a major competitor in the real estate business. They gave this guy $2 billion to go compete with Keller Williams. $2 billion. And what they said to him, I'm sure, is, look, don't worry about profits, okay? Go get market share. We'll worry about profits later. But guess what the pandemic did? Profits are back. And they're back because, like many of you, when the pandemic hit, we had no income coming in initially. So the only two things we could control was either some of the income coming in or your what? Your expenses. So everybody started looking at their expenses, didn't they? And by the way, the pandemic only clicked that in. At that point in the pandemic in 2019, we were 12 years into a seven-year expansion, right? Everybody was going, how long is this going to last? I know we were. And so all of a sudden the pandemic hit, and everybody starts to look at their expense line. 
Here's somebody who looked at their expense line. Amazon went crazy during the pandemic. Then in 2021, what happened to Amazon sales? Why? Well, because everybody started getting out and going and looking at retail stores. It's nice to go to Barnes & Noble and look for books. It's just a nice thing to do. But all of a sudden, as they started to analyze their distribution centers, what did they find? Hey, fellas, there's a reason we're not profitable. We have 10 million square feet of space in our distribution centers that we're not utilizing. Well, duh. So all of a sudden, lots of space from Amazon. Here's another company. I love this. We've got Facebook in uh, Austin, Texas. They had signed a lease for a 689,000 square foot multi-story building in downtown Austin. And just about the time they were going to go move in it, what they find out? You know what? We can let 11,000 people go and not skip a beat. So they're not going to move into the building. They're going to sublease all 689 square feet. Good luck. Well done. What's happening is everybody's starting to rethink their space in real estate. And if you're not rethinking your space, you're crazy. So, so the average employer is now looking here saying, okay, well, if I've got flex situation where I can send some people home, how much space can I save? And that answer is going to be different for everybody. But I'm just going to tell you, get ready. It's going to be less. They won't need as much as what they did. Office workers, retail space, targets dropping these little mini units around. There's a reason the density is going to increase. And we see this as a long-term trend. It's not going to change. Which, by the way, somewhat leads to the second trend, and that is that what I call work 2.0. The nature of work is changing, isn't it? You're seeing it at your own operation. And here's the thing I would tell you. Office is not dead. All you guys out there, family offices with B-class offices, don't unload those things yet. Because what's happening is it's going to be a metamorphosis about understanding how you operate with flex workers. Let me give an example. In this room, we have four basic personality styles. Every one of you has one of these styles as a major leading indicator for Two of those styles won't work at home. There's a reason Jamie Dimon's sitting down there on the 65th floor of the Chase Building. He's not going to be able to work at home. He's a CEO personality. And by the way, you're not going to be able to send your creative people home. They're creative because they collaborate. And by the way, your salespeople too. I mean, people go, oh, Joe, you must love it. Your real estate people, they, they can work from home. They can work from anywhere. Yes, but understand something. If they don't collaborate with their other people, it's not going to work. It will not work. There's four things that a company has to do to be highly, highly successful. One of those is very important, and we call it, Camille and I had laughs about it a month ago in New York, it's called culture. How in the world can I run a company and create a culture if everybody's on Zoom? How do my young people come to work into my operation and acclimate themselves into the organization if they're never there? I just got through speaking last week at the Shack Institute of Real Estate for New York University. 
150 young real estate whippersnappers. You know what I told them? Get your butt to the office. Get into the office. Go, don't worry about the money. Go where you can learn from somebody what you need to know. The money will come later. But the culture that you created your company, that's the glue that keeps people there. And so with this new flex work environment, let me make a suggestion. Go back and look at the job descriptions that you have in your own operations and see if indeed they're set up for the new flex environment. I bet you nine times out of 10, they're not. Everything was geared to having everybody there. But look at it, you'll be shocked. You may have to rewrite it. Trend number three. If grandma didn't use Amazon before the pandemic, she does now, right? I mean, we had a niece who got married. We had to do the rehearsal dinner via Zoom. Now, who would have ever heard of that? And actually, it was fun for a time. But I just want to tell you something. When we all went home for six months, not much changed because we took our mobile phone and our laptop home, right? And basically what I found is everybody was driving to the office for three years prior to that, opening up their laptop and talking on their mobile phone. That's why nothing really changed. But things did change in the pandemic. Does anybody use cash anymore? I mean, I'm really going to the bank to get cash. It's all on plastic. We're ordering food uh, through Grubhub. Uh, banking is all but non-existent now. Who would have thought I could take pictures of my check and boom, it's deposited. I don't even need a bank. Some banks have figured that out, some haven't. It's gonna be interesting to see how that digital landscape changes the real estate industry. Industrial's gone wild, right? It's the new shiny object, why? Primarily the digital world is pushing it that way. So be, be cognizant of that because uh, you know we did a big deal yesterday in Austin, Texas, where I am, and it was a huge distribution center and the city manager was like, this is gonna be great, all these jobs. And I said, Frank, they run the whole thing with 60 guys. There's no one there. And, and I think, Camille, you were the one that said, I worry about the lower jobs that are leaving and what are we gonna do? And trust me, that is a big issue, but I don't have 30 minutes, I just got four more. Now, I will tell you, the digital revolution, what it's doing right now, it's giving a shot in the arm to small town America. This is, it's, it's wild, we're watching, we'll talk about it in just a minute. Look at this, here's where they're going. The migration that you're seeing today is probably one of the strongest sunbelt migrations I've ever seen. Now, I added Mexico in there because you got a lot of people now that are doing manufacturing in Mexico. China is moving a massive amount of their, their manufacturing into Mexico. And we see it because they're coming up out of Mexico into Texas. In fact, they're coming 2.3 million a year. It's a massive problem. We don't know what to do with them. That's why we're shipping them to New York. <laughs> Trend number four. Trend number four, industrial is back. The best thing about the pandemic was it woke up our attitude about manufacturing globally, didn't it? 
So all of a sudden, you've got a lot of manufacturing coming back to America. I think this is a very good thing. And manufacturing is either distribution centers, which we've all seen these all over the place, or manufacturing, core manufacturing itself. Let me share something I'll bet y'all didn't know, though. You see this little triangle here? Starting from really the Great Lakes, North Florida, back to Arizona. I call this the, the golden triangle of industrial. And here's why. Look at your infrastructure. We have seven class one railroads that run throughout the United States. Look where the confluence of those railroads ends up. There's a reason that Savannah and Mobile have turned into incredible ports. And it all plays into this. Anyhow, just a little trivia there, fun. Trend number five, scarcity is here. It's not going away. It is not going away, folks. Labor, I mean, welcome to the third world of the United States. Have you called anyone on the phone to get anything? You call the IRS and they go, call back. Our phone lines are loaded. We've got your money and we're keeping it. I was trying to call Southwest Airlines. I love those guys. Can't get them on the line. Couldn't get them on the line. And that was never an issue with Southwest. But you can't find the labor. You can't find the materials. I mean, I'm going to tell you, the supply side shortages that we have, I don't think it's going away anytime soon. Just don't, I don't see it. It could be with us for another two years before it slowly straightens out. Housing scarcity who stood up yesterday and said there's a shortage of 4 million units? We've had that problem residentially forever. And if they can't find homes to buy, what are they going to do? They rent. That's why multifamily is still doing fairly well. And yes, prices will fall in commercial. Cap rates are going to go up because the cost of money is expensive. By the way, just for the record, I think the Fed is crazy. What they're doing right now, it's crazy. Let's just go choke everything off, raise those rates, you know, we'll stop that demand. Well, yeah, you put the country into a huge, big friggin' recession doing it, even though we got 11 million jobs we can't fill. But to fix inflation, you've either got to fix supply or you've got to fix demand. They're going to kill demand as supply slowly works its way back up, but it's going to take time. Now, by the way, from a real estate perspective, I don't care because it's either a buyer's market or a seller's market. And what you'll find is when you talk to a stockbroker who really knows what they're doing, they'll say, we love volatility. Why? Because that's how you make your money, in the cycles. Okay, so, oh yeah, everything changes except human nature. It's one of our four rules of the road for real estate. Forgot I stuck that slide in there. Here's the pitch. What's the difference between stocks and real estate? Anybody know? Here's what it is. Insider trading is totally legal in real estate. <laughs> so how do you get the best insider trading? You get it by having 200,000 agents around the globe from Aruba to Zurich who every time we talk to them say, when you guys come across a great tract of land, call me. And that's what they do. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been doing land-limited partnerships for years very profitably because our agents walk in and go, hey, Uncle Ned, he's got 169 acres over here in Inglewood, and he's had it for 75 years. He thinks it's time to sell. 
Our response is, would you like to make a full commission on it? And the answer always is, well, duh. <laughs> and so we've never done this on a massive scale. And my good buddy Diego said, you know, Joe, if you had a brain in your head, you'd go put a nice fund together, $150 million, put the money in the bank, go find those deals, use the typical European model, you get your money first, then we'll get our money. And so we're going to do that this year. And, and I already see deals popping up that it sure makes me. Had a call last week, Fort Myers, Florida. I have a project in Fort Myers now. It finishes up. It was an RV park. We love the RV space, by the way. But the guy calls and says they got wiped out in the surge, 22 acres, $20 million deal. If we do the entitlement, there's $80 million worth of value. By the way, we don't do vertical. Been there, done that. Don't need to do any building. Y'all can do the building. But we love to buy, get the dirt, get it entitled, flip it to the developers or flip it to the final users. It's very safe. The multiples are great. Who was it? Who was the dirt guy up here yesterday? I love, what? There you go. Who said we love dirt? There's a lot of money to be made in dirt. Key is you've got to find it, though, to get it coordinated. So if any of y'all have an interest in that, I guess go to Wava. Does anyone know how you pronounce that correctly? <laughs> Wova. Go to Wova. Give me your name and an email and we'll get back to you. I got to hop on a flight to Bogota this afternoon, so it won't be till next week. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Joe. Thank you so much for being with us.